Welcome to the MLS Net Boys podcast with your host, Chase, and my good friend. My name is Jacob. This is episode one, and we're going to be talking all things Major League Soccer. We're going to be doing results and just reviewing previous match fixtures, previewing teams, looking at transfers, playing some fun games along the way, kit reviews, you name it. If it's MLS, we're going to do it. So hopping straight into it this week, we're just going to be breaking down some preseason predictions, going over each team, kind of giving a little bit of a preview, some off-season moves, um, and then giving our uh, predictions for uh, the league as well. So we're going to go ahead and just jump right into the Eastern Conference to start. And uh, we're going to start with Atlanta United. What do you, what's What are your thoughts on Atlanta United, Jacob? Atlanta United, you know, last year, a bit of a difficult season for them. They had good Gonzalo Pineda in second second season first full season ended up eleventh place in the East forty points did not make the playoffs I think they're definitely they're definitely going to be looking to do some moves and they have been Joseph Martinez is out they just signed the Greek striker you want to give it a shot Georgios Giacomokis we're lacking in our Greek uh, skills but. He's definitely had a great production year the last two seasons, both at Celtic and in the Dutch League. And they're going to be getting back Miles Robinson, Brad Guzan, Ozzy Alonso. That's the whole spine of their team coming back from injury. question for me is, do they recover and perform at a consistent level like previously? I, I have a good feeling about where Atlanta is heading. I don't necessarily think they're going to make all the changes they need to to, to you know, kind of get back to where they were in, in past seasons. I mean, they started red hot, and then, you know, ever since losing Tata Martino, they've just kind of struggled. Um, they are welcoming back a World Cup champion in Thiago Almada. Uh, their new striker looks amazing. I mean, this guy is going to be solid for them, but it's always difficult for strikers coming into their first uh, first season in the league. Um, but he puts he puts up solid numbers across his uh, his career. Um, you know, notably his best goal scoring season was twenty six goals in one season. Um, so he's you know he's going to be a solid striker for them. Losing Joseph is always a big blow for them, but it kind of felt like they'd already lost him last year. So uh, it's yeah. I don't think it's going to necessarily affect them other than maybe improve the team morale a little bit. Uh, but going into this season, they have one thing to look forward to, and they always start first place. That's first right. First match week, you know? On a technicality with the alphabetical advantage coming in. How about Charlotte FC, second year on the block? You know, I wasn't super impressed with Charlotte last year. Um, real big fan of their stadium. Really like, uh, you know, the badge. I think it's clean. Um, like, I like a lot of what they have. I like Swiderski up there, but um, when I look at their team, there isn't a whole lot of names that pop out to me that really impress me besides Swiderski and that new signing they got, Enzo Capetti. Yeah, I agree. When I, when you look at their roster and their projected 11 um, top to bottom, there's not a lot that stands out super months. I think they have some decent pieces. Um Jalen Lindsay, I think, does a good fullback that I think will be getting some more attention. Enzo Capetti seems like, on paper, a great signing. 
I think they've got some decent depth with Shinyashiki and Ben Bender, who put up some good numbers last year. Um, like I said, I don't know if it's enough to compete in the East. The Eastern Conference is looking pretty good. One interesting move hot off the press today, they just traded for Bill Tuiloma, New Zealand International and Portland Timbers center back. What do you think about that? As a Timbers fan, I'm uh, I'm very disappointed. I, re- I really like Bill Tuiloma. We've talked about this plenty of times. Um, I think he's a really bright up-and-coming center back, but it's just uh, it's a big blow for my personal team, the Timbers. But I think for Charlotte, I think that's a huge move for them. And, um, you know, having done my predictions before this, it's definitely making me kind of rethink where I'm going to drop them at in the table. Uh, but definitely going to be – I think he's going to be a big uh, big role player for them this year. Yeah, important, important note for me, Chase. We are both Portland Timbers fans through and through. We're going to attempt some unbiased coverage, but you know that homerism is going to bleed through. Yeah, Tui Loma seems like a solid pickup for them. Moving on to the Chicago Fire. Oh, man. I I want this team to do so much better than they do. Their fans deserve so much better. Uh, I have a soft spot in my heart for Shakiri. I always have. I've just loved that guy. Um, ever since, you know, watching him play in Europe, ever since just watching that guy with he has massive calves. Dude, he, when he, like, blew. Straight up unit. When that dude just, like, would be blowing through, like, Puma socks, just, like, calf muscles popping out. I, you know, that just made me fall in love with the man, and he just had some bangers after that. And, uh, you know, I've always wanted him to do well since he joined MLS last year, and he just really never got off the mark. And I don't know if that's necessarily a product of where he's at in his career or a product of where this team is at in their development. Yeah, I think I think Shakiri at best has been decent, for, for Chicago at least. I think he has definitely high expectations on him given his pedigree. But he hasn't really brought kind of that magic fully to the Chicago Fire. Chicago was 12th place in the East last year. Didn't make the playoffs. 39 points. I think for them, just sniffing, just making the playoffs would be great for them. They had a couple big departures. Um, Gaga Slanin has gone um, to Chelsea. Jan Duran has gone to Aston Villa. They made like 18 million pounds. In Euros, just this like last off season, pretty crazy for an MLS squad. Um, I think the hope there is from their fan base that they actually use that money productively because those two were good players for them last year. Um, they got some other good pieces. Casper Shabrilko from Philly Union hasn't really lived up to expectations since coming over from Philadelphia. I know his form hasn't been as good. Uh, Chris Mueller, I think, was a decent pickup, but I think in the Eastern Conference, it's just not enough compared to some of these other teams. Yeah, definitely. I think with how the league has been trending and the Eastern Conference just getting stronger and stronger over previous years, it seems like Chicago Fire is just getting left behind. Um, But moving on to another team that is just keeping up with the pace of the Western Conference, FC Cincinnati. What, What are your thoughts on this team and the direction they're moving in? I'm a big FC Cincinnati if I had to pick one team in the East that I would kind of root for the most, I think after those three years of wooden spoons coming in dead last, I think a lot of people have a soft spot in their hearts for them. 
I love just their team from top to bottom. Brenner, Vasquez, and Lucho Costa. That's arguably a top three front line in the league. Um, they've got Nobodo, who is very Diego Chara-esque in the way he runs the game from the center of the park. They just picked up Arias from Atletico Madrid with experience. I think there's signings all over to like from them. they got a brand-new stadium. I think there's a lot to like. Yeah, I, I agree completely. I, I really, really like this team. I really like what they're doing and the direction they're moving in. Um, just everything about them. Um, I mean – Plus the fact that they have Timbers legend Alvis Powell back on the right Timbers legend. right side of that, you know, I, I'm going to say attack because that guy's not necessarily a defender in my mind, having watched him play many a games at Providence Park. Um, but they have just a lot of really good pieces. And when you look at kind of the depth they have around their squad, it doesn't really rival teams like Philly, for example, but they have the starting lineup to really do some damage this year. And that front three, like you said, is just going to be electric. And the way they combine, they're all really intelligent players. Um, and they all can really kind of punish you. So I, I'm really excited to watch this team play this year. Same here. Yeah, Cincinnati last season, uh, fifth place in the East, 49 points. They made the playoffs, and they won their first game at New York Red Bulls, but fell to the mighty Philadelphia Union on the road. All right, moving on to our next team. We have the Columbus crew fresh off the sacking of Caleb Porter and the hiring of Wilfred Nance, former Montreal coach. And, you know, I, I'm kind of excited for Columbus this year. It was pretty disappointing previous two years, missing out on playoffs after winning MLS Cup. Um, but I think with the hiring of Wilfred Nance, uh, he's going to bring a new kind of dynamism to this team. And then also having Cucho up top for his second season, I think he's going to be pushing for um, the golden boot personally. And I think he's definitely going to be just electric this year. I think he's going to be just lighting defenses up, and it's going to be really hard for people to keep up with him. Yeah, Columbus last season narrowly missed the playoffs. Eighth place, two points out from that playoff spot. But you're right, Timbers legend Caleb Porter is gone and they're bringing in a new system, new ideology. And, yeah, I think the last couple seasons disappointing because when I think of MLS, Columbus Crew, at least after the Save the Crew movement, kind of was up there in that upper echelon of clubs I've, to me personally. But they just lost Jonathan Mensa, I think, important update as well to Columbus – or to San Jose Earthquake, sorry. So – Maybe some defensive issues in the back. I think they look a little light to me. I feel like maybe a couple defenders might be your biggest glaring weakness at the moment. But anytime you've got Timbers legend Darlington Nagby running the show from midfield, it's just you're going to be a good team to watch. One thing I will say about their defense is they did sign homegrown player Keegan Hughes. And one thing that Wilfred Nance has, has kind of proven with his time in Montreal is he is – very very good at developing like younger players and I think with that crew two team I think he's gonna do a lot to really pull those guys up into the squad this year yeah and I think he'll have a good base to work with because crew two actually in the MLS next pro won the championship so they've obviously got some good good guys coming up through the system so I think yeah Columbus looking looking good for next season all right moving on 
to DC United. DC United. This is a tricky one for me. I really want, it's like how you were talking about Chicago Fire. You really want them to just do something and just give their fans something to cheer about after, let's be honest, a lot of years of mediocrity, mediocrity in like the last decade. Historically, one of, one of the, like the most successful teams in the league, but this hasn't happened. They got that nice new stadium. They brought in Rooney. They got Christian Benteke. You know, when I look at the moves they made, they, they moved for Ravel Morrison last year, Victor Paulson. They just got Mateus Klitsch from Leeds, Derek Williams from LA Galaxy, Ruan from Orlando. A lot of these guys, I feel like, are yet to or not really have been proven as difference makers. I think Ruin, out of that core I just mentioned, has the best MLS experience, but I just don't know if they can do it. Yeah, it it seems like they're making these signings of older players as if they're like a win-now team, but they're not players that are up to par with a win-now move, if that makes sense. They, they're, they're making these moves for these older guys as if they're going to be pushing for a cup run this year and i don't see them competing for mls cup you know the open cup i don't i don't see them pushing for really anything and it's it's going to be tough for their fans to watch and i i'm, I'm just kind of i don't understand the direction they're moving in i mean with wayne rooney he only has another year left on his contract and he's i mean when he left dc as a player it's because he was homesick so i don't see him staying there longer so i don't know what exactly they're trying to build there and I don't really necessarily know how Rooney is going to get that locker room to buy into a vision if a lot of those guys don't see him staying there more than a year I think that's well said yeah DC last season 14th in the east and actually worst team in the league 27 points they won the wooden spoon so I'm I'm hoping they do better but I'm not seeing it they got the all-star game though this year so that'll be something to cheer about I want to see Wayne Rooney get out there for the skills challenge. Wouldn't you love that? How about Inter Miami? Inter Miami. I, you know, ever since they missed out on that signing of Aaron Long, I haven't been as hot on this team. I I thought they were going to make some big moves this summer. I thought Aaron Long was going to be a great base for them to build their team off of. Aaron Long, of course, being the biggest name linked with Inter Miami this past season. There was there was another guy um, who you know decided to stay in Europe and play like a coward for PSG instead of testing his metal against the mighty mighty San Jose Earthquakes on the road. But you know it looks like Inter Miami they they looked like they were set for bigger things this off season and then they just they decided to miss out on their huge move of Aaron Long um, and Messi and then they decided to to pick up Joseph Martinez which is. I think going to be a really good signing for them if Joseph can stay healthy and if he can um, kind of buy into the program they're building here. I think he'll be a big difference maker for them. But the staying healthy part is probably the biggest. And sometimes for players, that change of environment, a new staff, new physio, everything can kind of change their luck with injuries. And I'm really hoping for Joseph that's what we're going to see because when he's on, he's a really fun player to watch. As much as I hated to see it against our team, um, he's he's a fun player to watch when he's on, so I hope he's on this season for them. Yeah, Inter Miami last season, sixth place in the East, forty eight points. They made the playoffs. 
but they lost to NYCFC first round in Higuain's last ever game. I think that sums it up well. You know, me personally, I wasn't really convinced by Gary Neville. He kind of won me over a little bit last year. I feel like he did pretty good um, considering the hand he was dealt. Um, Bryce Duke, I think, is a good piece for them. They've got DeAndre Yedlin. Uh, Leo Campagna was a pretty lights-out striker last year. I'm curious to see how that uh, relationship develops with those two. And then Drake Callender, great goalkeeper for them. I think they've got, I think they've got a good shot at making some noise this year. All right, moving on to a really interesting team this year. I think um, it's going to be an interesting season for this team. Montreal, CF Montreal. Club de Foot, yes, second place in the East last year. They were fighting for the supporter shield, I think, the last week or maybe the last two weeks. There was a um, technicality where they could have gotten it, kind of going into that last little stretch of games, but everybody kind of knew it was unlikely. Yeah, I think last year was an amazing season for them. Um, they they made it to the playoffs, but I think they were really disappointed. They lost their first game at home to NYCFC. But, yeah. Wilfred Nancy's gone. They brought in former DC United coach Hernan Lasada, but their coach is gone from last year. Jordi Mihailovic is gone from last year. Alistair Johnson's gone. Yaquin Torres has gone to Philadelphia Union. I don't see I don't see a similar year for Montreal personally. I think they've lost too much. There's too much change. They got a different coach coming in and I just don't know if they can replicate their recent success. Yeah, and and another outgoing transfer that um that they was their biggest transfer of the year was uh, Ishmael Kone going to Watford, and uh, I think that's going to be a huge loss for them. Like you're saying, just that core of players leaving, and then a new coach coming in in uh, Victor Wanyama. I'm not necessarily really not Victor Wanyama. <laughs> Might as well be their coach. Um, Hernan Lasada. I mean, I just not super um, convinced in him. And then also this impending kind of transfer of Kai Kamara leaving the club. Um, I'm just there's not a ton about this team that excites me. Having lost so many players, losing the core of their team, and then also losing their coach. Um, so unless you know this new manager can come in and really galvanize the team and get them to back him, which he doesn't necessarily have a really good reputation of doing. Unfortunately, um, I just don't really see it working out for them. Wanyama um, is going to be the rock for them in the center of the park, uh, but he's he kind of stirred up the the pot a little bit in the off season with his public negotiations of his contract. So he may have lost some points in the locker room, but with a new coach coming in, he doesn't necessarily have to worry about that relationship going sour from from his actions in the off season. Yeah, it kind of feels like last year was their shot to kind of kind of win something big um, with the year they had and the players and the coach they had. A um, couple moves they made, though, bringing in players. They brought in Campbell, uh, Atlanta United center back, and then Aaron Herrera, I think, was a highly touted uh, fullback from Real Salt Lake. A couple decent moves, but, yeah, I don't see it being enough personally. All right. Moving on to our next team then, uh, Nashville SC. Returning or coming to the east now uh, after a couple seasons back out west. You know, for me, Nashville, 
you know what you're going to get when you watch a Nashville SC soccer game, you know? Haney Mukhtar is going to be doing his thing up top, and then they're just going to have a rock-solid defense. But I think a lot of teams are just going to start figuring out Nashville, and unless Haney Mukhtar keeps up that crazy production level he is, they're not going to win games. And they haven't brought in another striker. Ake Loba, they loaned out to Liga MX, and he was their big DP who didn't really work out for them. But as of now... Funny enough, he's actually scoring in Liga MX now, so it's kind of funny that their big DP signing left them, and he's starting to finally hit the ground in a different league. Exactly, yeah. And they got CJ Sapong and Teal Bunbury, even Zubak, ahead of Haney Mukhtar. Uh, a move that I do like they brought in was Fafa Pico from Houston Dynamo. I think he's been proven as a good depth piece in the league, but yeah. Fifth place last season, 50 points, and they lost in the first round to the Galaxy. What do you think about Nashville? I I agree with what you were saying. It's it's a team that, without Mukhtar, they don't really have an identity. And um, it's kind of sad because I really like a lot of the players on this team. And um, I just I don't see what they're going to do. I mean, last season Mukhtar scored, what, Let's he scored about 30 goals, 32 goals or it was goals and assists combined that he put up, was about 30 goals. They scored total 52 goals. Yikes. So that guy contributed to over half of their goals. There's only about 20 goals scored where he wasn't involved um, with either the goal or the assist. So I can't see him putting together another red-hot season like that, and without him on form like that, they can't rely on – CJ Sapong to be burying them in the back of the net. If you're relying on CJ Sapong up top, your team isn't going to do well. I'm sorry. I think it's important to note Chase has a an adamant uh, dislike out for CJ Sapong. So it's nothing personal. Just I just don't get how that guy isn't playing in the USL yet. How is he still playing in MLS? Well, you might have your wish. Maybe in a couple of years, if he's lighting it up for San Diego loyal. Trace it back to this moment. He's more of a Pittsburgh Riverhounds guy to me. You know your history. That's why I respect you. Uh, moving on. New England Revolution had an off year last season. After breaking the points record in 2021 and winning the Supporter Shield, they got 10th place last season. 42 points did not qualify for the playoffs. Yeah, it was a very, very disappointing season for them. Um it's going to be interesting to see how they bounce back. They stuck with Bruce Arena. Um, they kind of shedded some dead weight in Altador. Um, and then really big pickup in Latif Blessing in the offseason. I, I really like that move for them. I really like Latif Blessing as a center mid. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see how he kind of fits in to this midfield because he's such like a he's such a dynamic player. Watching Utility that guy play, yeah. he's just he's electric in the midfield, and he just will be like, flying into these tackles that looks like he shouldn't be winning them. And so I think it'll be interesting to see because their other midfield they play with three midfielders. Other midfielders can be Carlos Heel and he's not going to be tracking back to play defense. So if Latif Blessing is just flying in for these tackles, if teams catch on to that and start to beat him, he's going to leave his team really exposed. Um so it's going to be interesting to see having a midfielder in like that for a Bruce Arena system. It's going to be really interesting to see how that kind of works for him. Yeah, I think I think Latif Blessing, yeah, it's it's an exciting signing, but 
for this club, I'm not sure. Because for LAFC, he didn't really have to be that guy a lot. You know, he had a lot of star power ahead of him. But I think he comes in with a bigger pedigree now. I think with Altidore, though, I believe he's still on the roster because he was on loan last year at Liga MX. So he might be back. I hope so. <laughs> I'm a big Altidore guy, but in the past few years, he's just hasn't been it. And he hasn't been it. He's had a hard fall to grace. And so Bruce Arena decided to run it back to 2017 in Trinidad and Tobago and not only brought in Altidore, uh, but Omar Gonzalez last season, and then this season picked up Bobby Wood from RSL. Funny you mention that because do you remember before, this is off topic, but you remember the World Cup when people were saying we should have taken Josie Altidore to Qatar? Yep. That would have been such an, I, I like the Haji Wright move more than I like Altidore on that plane. That would have been See, atrocious. That's a bold take right there. You know, could he have done better than Haji Wright and Jesus Ferreira? I feel like he could have. Even a deadweight Josie Altidore. He brings in some experience, but this is a discussion for another day. They brought in Dave Romney from Nashville. I think that's another good signing for them. Kind of shore up things at the back. Petrovic was a great goalkeeper last year. Um, I see a rebound here for these guys, personally. I, I do, too. And mostly for that last player that you mentioned there. Petrovic was outstanding for them. And I think when this guy gets a full season under his belt, he's just going to dig them out of so many holes this year um he's my pick for goalkeeper of the year by far uh the guy is amazing he's really fun to watch he pulls out some saves that you would never expect um i think he's he's gonna be their saving grace this year for sure that's a good that's a good prediction there moving on our first new york club nycfc um the only new york club that's that's going to that's gonna stir up some feathers there. But, you know, I think last year was an interesting year for them because they started off pretty hot. They had Ronnie Dyla and Tati were back. And then once they left, it kind of slid a little bit. But Nick Cushing, their then interim coach, kind of righted the ship. And they ended up third place uh, with 55 points and made it all the way to the conference final. One game away from the cup and lost to the Philly Union. So... What do you see happening with this team? I don't, I'm not really sure what to expect because, I mean, they lost some key players. I mean, Maxi Morales is gone. Um, he's getting kind of old. Uh, Bear signed with Seattle. Um, not necessarily that he was really, like, their starting striker by any means. Um, and then they lost Sean Johnson as well, which that Alex, guy. Alex Callens as well to uh, La Liga. That's true. That's true. So they lost a lot of really big core players but they still have a lot of quality um in this team i mean tyus magno up top i really really like him as a player guy's amazing to watch um parks in the midfield he's a really solid i mean really solid option for them and they have a lot of just quality throughout the squad but it seems like their depth is gone now and that's what kind of worries me about this team i was gonna say i they replaced Sean Johnson with Matt Freese, uh backup for Philly Union, but I don't know if I see adequate replacements for any of the other players. Um, Alex Callens was uh, arguably the best center back in the league the last season, last couple of years. Uh, Maxi Morales was getting older, but he was still producing numbers. A Bear was a proven 
striker in this league at times. I see him falling off the cliff a little bit, personally. But I think we'll move on to the other side of New York, a.k.a. New Jersey, the New York Red Bulls. The New York Red Bulls. And, you know, let me just keep my trend of talking about players leaving these clubs and why they're in this doomsday mode. But Aaron Long leaving the New York Red Bulls is going to be a huge loss for these guys. Um, I mean, looking at their lineup, there isn't like a ton about this team that jumps out to me. And Lucinius is a great player. Um, but for me, I think the big loss is going to be Aaron Long in the back. That guy's been there for years. He's been the rock for them. Um, so seeing him leave, I'm kind of curious to see who's going to step up. I mean, Neilis back there is, is a good option, but Aaron Long was like a really big leader for this team. Yeah, and I think it's – I feel like a lot of times in MLS – a team will give up like a proven center back and then it comes back to bite them. Aaron Long, former Timbers legend, uh, barely. Uh, I don't actually think he even made an appearance for Portland before we shipped him out and then look what happened. But Aaron Long's gone. Um, They were fourth place in the East last year. Honestly, higher than I expected uh, before looking back at this. But they had a classic New York stinker in the playoffs. Lost at home to first ever... uh, playoff team FC Cincinnati you know they seem like just an all right team to me nothing not the worst team but not terrible Lewis Morgan was a good signing for him uh Caceres is a great player uh Vanzier I think one thing we should mention he had a crazy good season in the Belgian league and I know a lot of top five uh European teams were chasing him I think he'll be a great player in this league and maybe one to watch out for newcomer of the year I don't think it's enough to push them into trophy contention. I agree. I, I don't think this is going to be a team that's pushing for much this year. Um, I think they still are missing a few pieces to kind of set themselves up to be the Red Bull of the past. But moving on to Orlando City, the U.S. Open Cup champions, defending champions. That's right. Put some respect on, on those guys. So, Seventh place in the East last season. They squeaked into the playoffs but lost their first game in Montreal. And, yeah, they won the they won the Open Cup last season. First, uh, first major trophy in club history for them. I know they were in the MLS's back tournament final and lost to our Portland Timbers. But, honestly, I really like their offseason. They had a lot of great signings. They re-signed Pedro Galese. Uh, they brought back Pereira. Um, their midfielder on a TAM deal, I believe, but they've got Facundo Torres, um, they signed Ojeda, Thor Hallison. That's hey, a crazy. Man. That's that's the signing of the summer. I've told you this before, but Dagger Dan, Dagger Dan, Thor Hallison, dude, that guy, if anything, is just going to be putting in some studs up, two footed, just Viking tackles on some people. I just I just love his name. I think that's that's the signing of the summer or the winter just for that name. You know, I won't argue that. There was a lot of activity in Orlando. I saw, like, Fabrizio Romano post about, like, Orlando, like, three times. And that means you know they're getting some exciting players. And I don't know. I think for Orlando, it's only up. Oscar Perea is a great coach, and I think he'll take them, take them even higher. I was just about to say, I think the X factor for this team is is their coach. Perea, Perea is an amazing coach. Um, I lost a lot of respect for him when he tossed a – issue at Caleb Porter that's about some 
2013 uh, Portland Timbers lore for you guys right there. But, you know, since then, just watching the way he develops teams and develops players, and he definitely feels very deeply for his players, and he's a very passionate coach. Um, I really respect the way he gets his teams to buy in. Because this Orlando team, I don't know if you remember, when he took over, they were kind of down in the dumps. They were kind of the joke of the league. Yeah, I remember. They were the the OG Cincinnati, man. That's right. And I think it even took him like two seasons to bring these guys to the playoffs. It was was really sad. Yeah, they they had Kaka. They just opened that stadium, and they could never even make the playoffs. It It was really sad to watch because I feel like their identity, their brand, their fans. They've got a good culture down there, but it paid off this year. They got they got a trophy. They're in the Champions League, so good to you, Orlando. All right, moving on to last year's runners up in Supporter Shield and runners up in MLS Cup, Philadelphia Union. Gareth Bale's least favorite team apparently, and he, you know, Philly, I feel like they're they're a simple team to talk about, but in a good way. They were, yeah, first first place in the East. They made it all the way to MLS Cup, lost in heartbreaking fashion. Um, but in this offseason, they went out and made a few moves. Um, they made Andres Pereira um, from Orlando City, good midfielder. Um, they got Duncan Torres from Montreal, I think another great depth piece for them. And then Damian Lowe from Inter Miami, and all those guys are proven to be more than capable in the league. And for Philly, none of those guys will even start most likely. They're just depth, and I think they're just set up so well. They've got a good system, a good coach. It's a good time to be a Philly fan. Yeah, the, I mean, not to mention, I mean, just all the guys you named, and then they have guys like Jack McGlynn coming off the bench. They have just so much depth on this team. Kai Wagner came back. I mean, everybody expected that guy to be gone after last season, and him being back for them, I mean, while he might be a little disappointed not to have gotten his move away, I think it might kind of reinvigorate him a little bit to, like, prove everybody wrong this season and and kind of pop off. But Andre Blake in goal, you don't need to say much about him. Everybody knows the quality he has. Former Timbers legend Joe Bendick backing him up, too. You know, that's the only reason, the rumor has it, the only reason Andre Blake plays so well is because Bendik is just eyeing that spot, and he knows the second he slips up, Bendik is going to take that spot and run with it. <laughs> we love Joe Bendik. I think <laughs> that can't be stressed enough here. But, yeah, I think, honestly, Philly, it's full steam ahead, and I think they're just set up so well to just make another deep run, hopefully make it farther for their case. But saying that, it's MLS, so this will probably be the year they don't qualify for the playoffs and blow up their whole team. Moving on, Toronto FC. Toronto FC with, you know, their their quote of the year is, give it to the Italians. That's right. Wolf Arrow-esque. This team, I like what they're doing. They're definitely building. The signing of Sean Johnson is going to be huge for them. Um, I think he's definitely going to keep them in games and allow their attack to actually be able to make a difference because they're, they're, he's going to save them a lot and allow their attack to actually be able to make a difference where they're going to be able to squeak out those 2-1 or 3-2 wins. Um, plus picking up Matt Hedges, I think that's a great signing for them. He's just a proven MLS defender. Um, Diamande up top, I 
you know, I could see him maybe hitting the ground running. I don't know. Io Akinola has fallen off a cliff. I was I was touting that guy to be like the next big thing a couple years ago, and then he just has been nothing. Yeah, he's kind of had a fall to grace, hasn't he? But yeah, Toronto, pretty disappointing year last season. The Bob Bradley area did not really hit the ground running. They were 34 points, 13th in the East. And yeah, I think it's only up for Toronto, honestly, making the playoffs. They've got so much quality in Signe, Bernadeschi. Diamande, they've got Jimenez, Akinola, both guys who have been streaky but have proven themselves. Mark Anthony K. It's a pretty loaded squad, but it just hasn't clicked yet. But you know, Michael Bradley, the general in the midfield, is going to round these guys up. And maybe he's still feeling some vengeance from the ghosts of Trinidad and Tobago, and he's got one last ride. Maybe he works his way back into Greg Berhalter's picture. You say that now, and then he's going to show out and just be, like, completely milk toast for, like, the first three months of the season, pop off with, like, a chip goal from 30 yards out, and then, like, tears ACL the next week. Is it is it just me, or does Michael Bradley always, like, score a few goals to start, like, every season, and he just, like, and then you just don't hear about him at all? It's like he's, like, making a highlight reel, and as soon as he has, like, a couple, like, clips for Toronto to post on Instagram, he just falls off. Yeah, and I, I say that as a big Michael Bradley enthusiast. I think that guy's gotten a little too much flack for what happened back in the day for that World Cup, but he's a legend for the U.S. I don't care what anybody says. He's definitely a legend in Toronto. But, yeah, I think Toronto, I think they're going up. I think it's their time. That was every team. Let's do some predictions now. All right. I... Actually, should we start from the bottom in the east and work our way up to the top? Let's go bottom and work our way up. Let's start with the bottom feeders. All right. All right. I'll let you go first this time. I'll let you go first this time. This is a bit of a bold one for me, considering the last few years for them. But 15th place in the east, last place, I'm going NYCFC. Wow. I think they lost too much, and I, I, I don't see them. NYCFC. That's a that's a bold statement from you there. I'm gonna go go ahead explain yourself explain yourself. I just think they lost too much. They lost their whole spine: goalkeeper, center back, midfielder, and a decent backup striker for them. So I just I just don't see it happening for them. You know, agree to disagree. Um, 15th in the East, I'm going to go with Chicago Fire. Ooh, that pains me. I I really want to see Shakiri just get this team united, um, be the little bulldog he is, and just run over some people this year, but I, I don't see it happening. I don't see Chicago Fire really doing much this year. Can't say I disagree, but that disappoints me. Next up, 14th place, second to last in the East. I'm going Montreal Impact. Or, excuse me, Club de Foot, Montreal. Wow. You, dude, you were putting some, like, some quite the accusations out there. I can't believe what I'm hearing from you right now. So, I think similar case to NYCFC, except whereas Nick Cushing last year got in midseason, he had some time to write the ship. I don't see Hernan Masada putting this team nearly as good and setting them up as Wilfred Nancy 
and I think they just lost too much straight up. I agree with what you said about Hernan Lasada, but the fact that you're putting those two teams below Chicago in your list, I don't know where you're putting Chicago at, but the fact that they're below them is atrocious. They swoop in for Messi, first place. All right, going for 14th in the East. I'm putting D.C. United. Another just they're disrespecting like, the Wayne Rooney, Wayne Rooney legacy. Waza Rooney, I, I just feel like he's not fully bought into this club, and I feel like it's going to show for the players. I feel like the players aren't going to buy into him. A lot of them are just old and past it. They don't. They're not up to par for a playoff push. Um, and I think they're going to lose momentum really quick, and the morale is going to go. Rooney's going to be gone at the end of the season. So I just see this team just losing a lot of steam. I think they're going to pick up some points early in the season. Um, Benteke is not an impressive signing. It just hasn't been. I just don't see this team really doing much. I completely agree, and for that reason, my 13th place team is D.C. United. I don't see Rooney... And it's sad to say because I feel like he's fully committed, but I feel like the first call he gets from a from a decent Premier League job, I feel like he will be gone. I could see him doing that for a decent championship job. Even that, yeah. And I feel like what they're building, like you're saying, it's a lot of old players. If he was making a championship all-star team from 2016, I feel like he would have a lights-out squad, but... I think the league is evolving too much where players like that are going to be able to come in and make a huge difference. I agree. I agree. All right, so for my 13th place team, I'm going to go ahead and put Nashville. Ooh. I just don't see Hani putting up the season that he did last year, and I think this team is way too reliant on him. I, I mean, they have some solid pieces, but – what I could really see happening with this team is they get an injury in their back line and then they just start to leak goals, especially if Walker Zimmerman goes down. And then I don't don't see Hani putting up another 30 goals. And if, even if he puts up 20, they're going to only put up maybe 40 goals as a whole team. My question to you is what if CJ Sapong puts up 25? There is absolutely no way that happens. If CJ Sapong scores 25 goals... I will wear a Nashville kit to bed every night for a year because there's no way that's happening. We're going to keep you accountable for that. But I can't say I disagree with your reasoning there. Um, for me, number 12, coming right out of this last bottom three here, I'm going New York Red Bulls. I think Aaron Long was a big miss for them, and I think they've kind of just been stagnant for, for a little bit now. I think Struber I don't think is the guy for them anymore. I think they need a coach to come in who will kind of demand that the FO spend some more money and makes a splash because they're kind of an embarrassment now. Like, that stadium is not looking full. They've been second best in their own market for a while now, and they're an original team. I think I think that it's time that they slide down finally. I agree with everything you said, and that's why I'm putting Red Bulls at 12th as well. Um, I think the Aaron Long loss for them is going to be huge. Um, and I'm a, I'm a big advocate in this league especially that I think your defense is what's going to win you league games. I don't think it necessarily is going to win you a championship, 
but you need a really strong defense to be able to get yourself into the playoffs. And I think without Aaron Long, they're going to start to leak goals and they're just going to fall off. Completely agree. Next up, 11th place, I'm going Charlotte FC. I don't think they make the playoffs their second season. I know that's one of their big goals, but it's kind of like we mentioned like earlier in the show. I just I don't feel like they have enough to compete with these other teams above them in the East. I like a couple of their moves. Enzo Capetti, I think, should be a good signing for them. Um, Swiderski was great for them. Ben Bender, I think, will develop nice. Tui Loma was a good pick, but I just don't see them competing above some of these other teams with their roster currently. Again, I agree with everything you said. This is getting a little boring because we're not disagreeing on our, our predictions right now, but I agree. I, I don't see Charlotte pushing for a playoff spot. Um, and with the teams that I have above them that aren't in the playoffs as well, so that 8th, ninth, 10th spot, I don't see them getting ahead of these next few teams as well. For me, 10th place, I'm going Chicago Fire. I think I think they float around the playoffs and I think you're shaking your head at me. I think they I think they actually use some of that money from those transfers and and make a big signing. I think with the move to Soldier Field, the rebrands, I feel like they're trying to go for some new identity and I think their ownership is looking for some sort of player. I don't know why. This is just a hunch. There's no science behind this at all because I mean, Shakiri's their biggest name, but it's Chicago. They should be going for these big name players like the LA Gal or LAFCs go for. I think they'll be decent. Did you see they're linked with the World Cup heartthrob and Huang Shi Joe, I think was his name? That's their guy. I think he's the guy that brings the mighty Chicago Fire all the way up to prestige tenth place in my rankings. <laughs> all right. Well, for my 10th place pick, I'm going to go ahead and go with a tough choice. It's a tough choice here, but I'm going to go ahead and put New York City FC. I I agree. I think they have a lot of starting quality left in their team, but I just don't see I don't see there being enough to push them up. They've lost so many core players. Um, you know, their coach is finally starting to get guys to buy into his his ideas and it's starting to kind of gel for them but I think having lost the players they have lost I don't see it going up I mean with that being said they're part of the city group so if they start to do too poorly I could see them just pulling in some random stud player that Man City wants to have in the next two years and they're going to develop him um, you know similar to a Castellanos but I don't I don't know if that's going to be enough to pull them out it's, it's kind of similar to how Cucho was for Columbus last year he came in and he was dynamite when he came in but he wasn't enough to pull them over the line that's spot on next one a little bit of a surprise maybe i got atlanta united ninth place missing out on the playoffs i think atlanta has made some good moves their new striker jumakis i want to say maybe the Greek striker sounded good i hope so man I feel like he'll be I feel like he'll be a decent signing for them, but I know a lot of last year was a lot of the the reasonings you heard for Atlanta was that they were injured and they weren't healthy, and that's definitely true. But do Miles Robinson, Brad Guzan, and Ozzy Alonso come back to their full potential? I don't think so. 
I really hope Ozzy Alonso doesn't come back to his full potential. Uh, there it is, the Portland homerism coming coming right at you. Anyways, moving on, I have Toronto FC at ninth place. Wow, not even making the playoffs. I don't see them making the playoffs. I I think Michael Bradley is getting too old to hold down the base of their midfield. Um, I think Sean Johnson is going to do them a lot of favors, but with that being said, I don't think there's enough there. I think Matt Hedges, as well as he's done throughout um, his career in MLS, he's getting a little bit older. Um, I just don't see there being enough left in that squad. I mean, they have the two Italians up top, so I mean, those guys are gonna they could be lights out, but it just depends on how bought in they are. We've seen plenty of players come in and they just aren't fully bought into the idea. And um, I don't know. I just I have a feeling Toronto they're gonna be exciting for like a few patches this season, and then there's gonna be a lot of disappointment. So there's. There's going to be like a couple weeks where the MLS Instagram is just popping off about Toronto and posting all these like random yep. clips. And then they're just going to completely ignore the fact that they were on like a seven game like tie and losing streak before that. Yeah, I think the Toronto FC success is pretty closely linked with how well Bernadeschi and Insigne do. And I'm betting they do pretty well, personally. Um, Next up, eighth place, just outside of the playoffs. This is a tough spot. I'm going Inter-Miami. I think the Joseph Martinez signing was good for them, but I don't know. I feel like they're just not – they don't have the experience yet. I think they have good pieces, Campania. I feel like Yedlin has seen better days, though. Um, The rest of their back line, I'm not 100% sold on. They just lost Damian Lowe to – Philly, I just don't see them making that much noise. I I agree. Um, I'm putting Miami right outside of the playoffs as well. Um, I I'm not super sold on this team, like you're saying, kind of for all the same reasons. Um, I like the Joseph Martinez move. I think he's going to be solid for them, but it just depends if he can stay healthy. That's the big thing. Is if that guy doesn't stay healthy. They don't really have a ton going forward, um, in my eyes at least. I mean, they don't really have another lights-out goal scorer up there. Maybe if they get messy, who knows? It's never too late. Exactly. Unless uh, Sporting Kansas City swoops in for him. That's right. The Messi-Ronaldo era ends with Messi and Ronaldo on either side of Kyrie Shelton banging in goals in the Midwest. Love to see it. All right. Number seven for me, I'm going Nashville. I think they make the playoffs, but I'll keep it short and simple. Haney Mukhtar's output I don't think is enough to really propel them uh, unless they get another DP striker to make them kind of challenge for silverware this year. Fair. That's fair. I mean, it's been proven. I mean, Haney Mukhtar can just drag this team to places, so I could definitely see if he just kind of puts in some sort of output similar to what he had before i could see him pulling them up to to the playoffs i'm gonna go ahead and go with atlanta at seventh place uh, just squeaking in huh? i could see them just barely making it in over uh miami i had a tough time kind of separating these two teams here um i mean it looked like you did as well just a spot below yep um but i 
I just could see. I don't know. I have, I have a good feeling about this Atlanta team. Um, back in their their OG five stripes kit this year, I I could see just. I don't know. I think it's gonna click for them. Um, the new striker. I I have a good feeling. I think he's just gonna hit the ground running. Um, and it seems like they're kind of set for an up season. I think. I think they're definitely gonna improve from where they were at last year. Bold. I disagree, but bold. Next up for me, Columbus Crew. I think I think they make the playoffs, and I think just like this top six, seven in the East is really hard to separate. I think Crew has a good coach now. I think he'll he'll impose his playing style. They've got so many good pieces: Cucho Hernandez, Dillarayon, Nagby. I think it'll be a good fun team to watch. I agree. Um, I have Columbus higher than that, but I agree. I think there's a lot of good pieces coming from Columbus this year. I'm going to go ahead and put Montreal at sixth. I know you had them way lower, but... 14th, to be exact. <laughs> it's only a 12-spot difference here. But I I really like the quality of this team. I just don't... I don't know. I have a hard time dropping them out of the playoffs from what I saw from them last year, but like you said, they lost so much of their core. And um, I don't know, the more I'm talking about it right now, I'm starting to talk myself out of it. But I, I don't know, I just saw so much brightness out of this team last year. I can't help but feel like from the remaining players, there's going to be that good morale and that belief that they can push themselves up there. Um, and I don't know, I, I have a feeling they're going to be able to push into the playoffs, but they're going to be kind of squeaking by. Even if Kai Kamara, the journeyman himself, is gone? If he if he leaves, I have a feeling he's not going to leave. I I think he's pulling a page out of the Victor Wanyama book, and he's he's kind of making his whole, um, you know, salary discussion, all this. I think he's making it a little bit too public, um, and I think he's trying to get the contract he wants. See, I think he stays, but then gets traded like after the season starts, because I know Hernan Hernan Lasada's teams are physically meant to be like pretty imposing and high high fitness levels and lots of running and I can't see 57 year old Kai Kamara scraping along I think he's 38 though actually so I think he's got like a year or two left but then again his production last year was pretty dang good that guy just screams to me after he retires he's either going to be like a random like personal trainer for like youth soccer or like a politician in another country somewhere. I think he is pretty involved in Sierra Leone's company, but yeah, I he's either gonna be like Footy Danzo or is he gonna be like like Tim Weah's dad and <laughs> just be like the president of Liberia. Footy Danzo is an extremely deep MLS pool. I think he actually played like half season for Montreal actually like right before he retired, so it all comes full circle. Good good knowledge there. Number five, here's where it gets interesting. You know, I'm going to go the ribs. The ribs. I think this is a big rebound year. I think Bruce Arena is proven. I think he's got Carlos Hill, who's MVP, not long ago. He's got Veroni, the striker from Juventus, who I think will have a good season and has a lot to prove. Matt Polster's a good midfielder. You can't forget the legend, Gustavo Bo. That guy is fun to watch. And I don't know. 
saw I, that guy in Seattle. We we did see this guy. That guy just cruising through the streets of Seattle. So, agree? Disagree? I agree. For all those all those points you made, I agree. I think, you know, as much as I want to rag on New England and um, Gillette Stadium <laughs> and Gillette Stadium, um, which I went to, by the way, I've been there. How um, was it walking into the Cathedral of American Soccer, Gillette Stadium. Didn't go inside. I actually was touring a college over there, and I went and walked around the stadium, and the college coach, who I was with at the time, kind of gave me the whole rundown of what the game day looks like, and then he got really mad, and we made a joke about Tom Brady. So it was a pretty awkward car ride back to the college after that. You can't go to, to New England and disrespect Tom Brady like that. It was a pretty good, uh, it was a good joke. They, uh, we, uh, the, the school has a field, and their soccer field is close to Tom Brady's property, and the balls, he said, get kicked over into his field often. And my dad made a joke. He said, well, does Tom Brady throw them back deflated? <laughs> and uh, the coach got pretty upset about that, and it was an awkward car ride home afterwards. Wow. that That is some history right there, you know. I respect that. All right, number four for me, this is where it gets really tough. I'm going to Orlando City. I think they improve. I don't think they're quite there in that top three area, but I like a lot of their signings. That's fair. That's fair. I, I really like what this Orlando team's doing as well. Um, I'm actually going to go ahead and put Columbus at fourth. Um, I think there's going to be a huge improvement from Columbus this year. Um, I really like just I really like Cucho. I like the coach. I like Nagby in the midfield. Timbers um, legend. Timbers legend Nagby. I I think there's going to be um, a lot to be excited about for Columbus this year. I agree. Number three for me, I'm going Toronto FC, and I'm going all in on that Italian Revolution up top. I think another year in their belt. These guys won the Euros like just a couple seasons back, and I just think they have such proven quality. They and missed out on the World Cup. That is true. That's a great point. But you know what really matters <laughs> is they beat the mighty England at Wembley for a major trophy. That's true. And for that reason, they're third place in my tier. All right. I am going with Orlando City in third place. Um, I really, really like what Oscar Pereja is doing with this team. And I'm really excited to see where it's going to go. Um, I kind of see them on a similar journey to Cincinnati. I see them just kind of becoming a new powerhouse in the Eastern Conference. So I, I'm excited to see what they do this year. And I, I have them pushing for a top spot in the league and definitely a home game in the playoffs. Very nice. Number two, FC Cincinnati which if you would have told somebody three years ago that these guys would be be up there competing, I think you would have been laughed off the park. But they just that front three is so good. The only reason I might, I kind of regret this pick is because I feel like one of their, either Brenner, Brandon Vasquez, or Lucho Acosta, I think goes, I think, this season. Brenner's already been pushing, and I know has been disappointed he didn't get his move to... Udinese, so I feel like 
the next club that comes calling, he's gone. Lucho Acosta, I can see him going to like the Middle East and just taking a payday and challenging Ronaldo for the pulling a page out of the Giovinco book, just gonna go over there and take some pictures with tigers and stuff. Exactly. And Brandon Vasquez should have plenty of supers. I hope they don't, because I think they've got a great thing going, but I just other than that, I, I like what they're doing. Yeah, I I agree. That's why I put Sensi at second place as well. I think if there's any team that's really going to push Philly this year, um, it's going to be Cincinnati. I I even could see them like pushing them pretty late in the season for that top spot, actually, um, with Philly being occupied across so many different competitions. Um, I think the next big thing for Philly is pushing for the Club World Cup, so they might be a little occupied. And I could see Sensi really starting to kind of eat up those points and shorten up that gap and really, really pushing them towards the end of the season for that top spot. I agree, yeah. But number one for both of us, that leaves the Philadelphia Union. I think it's pretty self-explanatory. They've just got such good depth, a great coach. They're just proven, too. They've got experience. Yeah, there's so much depth in this team. Um, great coach, great staff, great backroom, great youth. They just... They have everything. I think every club in the league will look at Philly and they kind of envy them for at least one aspect of their club. I know as a Timbers fan, I look at them and I envy them for a lot. And I know a lot of other teams in the league look at them the same way. Um, You know, and if our league was structured differently, this team would be kind of the dominant power within it. But um, with the beauty of the playoffs and the way our league is structured, they, uh, they remain just a competitive force that can be beaten on multiple fronts. I think that's well said. So, yeah, that's our that's our end-of-the-season predictions. We'll revisit those when the time comes. We'll see how wrong we are. I think the couple ones that stand out to me, I put Montreal in 14th. I'm excited to see if Cincy actually maintains for a whole season and gets up to second place. The thing with these predictions is it's so it's so early and it is MLS, so I could totally see just like Nashville just putting in work and just like being up there and Hani Mukhtar just proving that he's actually just like the, the GOAT MLS player. I could see some of these teams doing a lot better than we give them credit for, and that's I think the hard thing with the Eastern Conference especially is it's very competitive and it's going to be a really tough um, season for all of those teams, but... Um, I don't know. It's I mean, it's fun to do, but these predictions, I'm really interested to see how it looks at the end of the season. Yep. So that's going to wrap up our first episode of the MLS Netboys show. We're going to release another one by Wednesday, and it's going to be the Western Conference. And so we're going to predict the Western Conference, and then after that, we're going to release one episode a week and kind of talk about the previous week's results, talk about the league itself, any news, and then do some fun games and rankings along the way. So that is going to be it from us, and we will see you guys in the next one.